I greet you in the name of Jesus. And the church say amen. Um, it's always a privilege. It's always a blessing for me to be in the house of the Lord and to come and meet you, saints of God. Um, this is another home of Henry. So I feel right at home. Uh, at least I know most of the faces here. And I'm grateful to see new faces as well. Amen. Um, greetings from Uganda. Uganda is in East Africa. Uh, if you are wondering where Uganda is, right there in East Africa. And Uganda is a beautiful country. And uh, there is a beautiful wife of mine in that country. She sends a greeting to you. Um, I am privileged once again to, to see um, several faces that have made their way to Uganda. And as my character is to stand before you and give an open invitation to everyone and say, what are you waiting for? Uganda is open for you. Come someday, man. We'll be glad to receive you in Uganda. Uh, many faces here that have been to Uganda. And I'm looking forward for your coming back. You know, Papa Walter, you know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> Amen. Um, church, I love you so much, and thank you for loving Jesus. I'm here today for an assignment of, of two things, to share the praise report of what God is doing, but also share briefly what God has put on my heart for today. Amen. God has been so good to us. He has kept us protected us. And when I say he has protected us, I mean it. Um, most of us there, we, we move in a harm's way, you know, in a dangerous zones where uh, life is not valued. But when you see yourself sta still standing, you know that God's hand is upon you. He has protected us. Uh, we, don't, so we don't drive on nice roads like you do here. Uh, you, you, you know, you, we have more accidents on the roads there than any, anywhere else because of poor infrastructure, road system. The road, roads are not very good. But if God has uh, protected me, I have a reason to praise him. Amen? Amen. God has been so faithful with my family, with three babies and many other babies, and also the work of the gospel. I'm still committed uh, I like what Pastor Donald said earlier alone. He said that uh, I am not yet backslidden, so me too. I'm still serving the Lord, amen? I'm still saved, Christian, uh, Holy Spirit filled in tongue speaking, and I like you know it, amen? The Lord has been so good. Um, I'm committed. Uh, my wife and I, we are committed to the work of God. We are having a a, a strong calling upon uh, the northern Uganda and South Sudan people. We, we are continuing just briefly like Pastor has been giving us uh, testimonies. We have continued to plant churches among the unreached people groups of South Sudan. And these people, it was always very hard for us to go to where they are in remote villages there. But the war which is going on right now, as I talk, there is a war which is going on in South Sudan, forced so many people, even those that were in remote areas, to come to Uganda. And so when they came closer to us, we have no excuse but to go to them. So I go, I drive from Kampala to, to the border of uh, South Sudan and Uganda. 
I do that uh, three to two times in a month. And so I'm constantly there to make sure that we evangelize. The people there are very hungry. They are desperate for the gospel. They want the gospel. They really want it. You need another thing to try to force people into uh, force your religion on somebody, but these people will sit down and listen to you. They will wait and wait, and they don't want you to stop. So there is a very in high uh, hunger uh, among these people, amen? And uh, we, we don't want to have any excuse but to continue to give them the gospel. We are seeing multiple, many, many people coming to the Lord. Majority of the refugees are in the age of, between the age of, the babies and uh, the teenagers. So basically, it's about young generation. You, you're talking about, um, you, you, you have about 70% of age, uh, 14, 15, 18, 20-something. Uh, so they are in their early 20s there. Lots of those and potential young people. And it's our time right now to give them the gospel. We believe one day when South Sudan settled, these people will go back and go to the places that we dreamed of going and we didn't know how to get there. So we are giving them all we have. We are pouring into them. Go and teach them. Disciple them. We are winning souls and making disciples. That's basically that's what we are doing. Amen. Now, I assume that that club goes to God for, for, for what he's doing, amen? Yes. Uh, briefly, again, and I will testify later on on this, but uh, I want to tell you that in the refugee camps, uh, Uganda right now has the, it has the third position. It, Uganda is ranked to be the third nation uh, hosting, the, the country that is hosting refugees, it's ranked third of all the world. Of all the refugees around the, the world, Uganda is ranked third in third position of hosting refugees. So we have so many, many of them, and they are keeping on coming. Uh, recently, I had a chance of flying into Juba, the capital city. Um, Papa Walter calls Juba, Guba, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to keep on bringing you in my testimony, but I, he knows I love him. So I went to Juba, and uh, there you can say they have some kind of peace, a little bit of peace. But when you go a few miles away from the city, all you see is um, people, you know, even dead bodies because people are killed there. It's very, very hostile area, but... Uh, we, we, we have to pray for them. We have to keep on praying for them. The government there is so, I don't know what, this function is not functioning very well. Their economy is so bad. The inflation there has gone so high. The dollar is not valued there. They, their money, their currency has lost value. And people there are really facing it very hard. So that's, that's the kind of field God has called me to. Those are the area God has called us to go and take the gospel to the ends of the world. Amen? So churches are planted. Churches are being planted day by day. Our greatest challenge is to make disciples, to disciple those people. Because they come and receive the gospel. And within six months, eight months, uh, they are ready to, to plant another church. And some of us, we've been saved for 
seven, 20 years. And, uh, but for them, they get saved and they see a need to take the gospel to somebody else. They say, I cannot sit down with this. I cannot keep quiet when somebody else in the camp doesn't know Christ. So they have the urge. Like they don't want to sit. Amen? You remember like in the Bible where Jesus healed somebody and that person um, said, can I follow you? Can I go where you are? I mean, that person had a servanthood heart. He wanted to immediately serve the Lord. But Jesus said, I want you to go back to your family and tell them what God has done. So basically what is happening as we evangelize to them, they feel like they need to go back and, and evangelize somebody. Amen? Briefly, we want you to keep us in prayers. And I know you always been praying for us. We need your prayers. Amen? Uh, me and the team that we're working with, we need your Pray. I also wanted to testify, I'm sorry that I came a little bit late, you know, from Africa up to here, it's not, it's not easy, it's a long way, by way of uh, Parkway Lodgers, I mean, it's a long way to get here. If I came here in time and fixed my, my photos, I wanted to show you something, and also I wanted to brag on a few people here, uh, if not all of you, uh, sometime back, um, it's probably four years ago, God blessed us and in the ministry of us grace, and we were able to purchase a plot of land in, uh, in Uganda there. And uh, God has blessed us on that property. We've been able to build a clinic for the village. And I wanted to, you know, to show a praise report that we, I remember there was a team that came from here and came from here and went to Uganda, and we were able to do. Uh, a medical clinic, like a mobile clinic there. It was a declaration that this place will be a place of healing. And right now, um, we have the clinic serving the village people. People are being helped. They are getting basic services of treatment. You know, that may sound like something small, but to the African village, it means a lot. It means so much. I mean, because we have babies that die on simple symptoms. You know, simple diseases that you all have medicine for, there it's it can take someone's life. But we are grateful that we have a clinic built there, and we also have started a church there. Amen. Amazing. Now, I know you're like, uh, yeah, thank God for that. What does the Lord say for us today, man? The Lord has laid something on my heart today, which I want to share briefly, and I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to try to articulate it in the way I know how. I'm sure by now you understand my African accent, just like I understand your Manchester accent. Click on. Amen. You know, it was hard to understand Pastor Donald when I had just met him. But, uh, but it was also hard when I... I uh, uh, <laughs> let me leave this. Because when I thought that Pastor Donald was really hard, I, I met uh, his father-in-law, and it was. <laughs> but it was always good, I mean. So, hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah? Amen. Well, just put yourself in a mood of listening to the word of God, amen. Um, I want to read the word of God from... 
Psalm chapter 44. And I want to read a couple of verses and share a few things that God has laid on my heart. Please follow me closely. Amen. Amen. And receive me in the name of the Lord. The Bible says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Forget about the African standing before you. And uh, receive me in the name of the Lord. Amen. All right. Let's read the word of God from Psalm chapter 44. I'm going to read verse 1 or 2 or 3. It says, We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days. In days of old, you drove out the nation with your hand, but then you planted, you afflicted the peoples and cast them out. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did they own arm save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, the light of your countenance. And here's the reason, because you favored them. Amen. Lord, we ask you to bless the word of today. And let those who hear it be blessed and help us to be the doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I prayed like always we pray when we're going to go before the Lord, we, before the people. We pray and ask God for the word of the season, for the word of the day. And this is the word God has laid on my heart to start with. Um. The psalmist is speaking to us and he's saying, he's telling a story of what happened in those days. He's saying, Lord, we have heard, with our, we, we have heard, our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days. Here he is witnessing, he's telling the story. I'm going to go elaborate a little bit what he was talking about. He is actually referring to what God did from Egypt to Canaan. He's referring to the mighty God, the one who drove their enemies out of the way, the one who stood by them, the one who provided for them, the one who gave them food they did not lack, the Bible says. There was food. Imagine you wake up and there is food. I mean, you know, in America, it's easy, right? You wake up and you have food. I remember when I had just come over here, and Pastor Donald, he would ask me this question over and over. Henry, what do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? Now, I was not used to that kind of questions because in Africa, where I was coming from, I used to wake up and wonder if I'm going to eat, right? But here I am in this land, and they are giving me choices. Now, nobody gives you choice in Africa there, Okay. You know, you wake up and you wonder if you're going to eat. Now, God forbid that will never come to America, man. But I'm talking about the provision of God. They woke up and there was food at their table. They, they had to gather the man, manna from heaven. You know what I'm talking about, right? That was awesome. That was beautiful. God was always there protecting them. During the day, there was a cloud. And at night, there was a pillow of fire. Imagine that. That was beautiful. The Bible says none of them was feeble. They were not weak. Even when they complain about 
changing their diet, God showed up and gave them so much food. You know what the Bible says, amen? They were given uh, meat. And they were always constantly provided to. The hand of God was them. He drove out their enemies. You want God to do that, right? To drive away your enemies. That's what he did. He was there. They walked with him. And so there is a, a reminder here. The psalmist is reminding, he's reminding, and he says, Oh God, we have heard what you have done, what you did. Our fathers have told us what you have done. Now I want to speak to you briefly about demonstrating God. Demonstrating God. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is a powerful God. I live in a country where we have so much Muslims. We have lots of people and different religion. But especially the Islamic kind of religion is a little bit tough. You don't convince them with your words. I mean, most of those guys, they know the Bible more than we know it. They are Bible scholars. They can quote scriptures. And so, mere words, words of just preaching to them, it's not, it cannot work for them. They need God, a God that is demonstrated. You know what I'm talking about, I mean? They need God that they can touch, touch of, not, not, not only feel, but a present God. So, do you agree that our God is supposed to be demonstrated? So that's what I want to talk to you about in a few minutes. So our God is a powerful God and we have to demonstrate him. And how do we demonstrate God? We ourselves are supposed to be the miller, a reflection of who, of who he is. Because the Bible tells me he created us in his image. Are you created in the image of God? Yes, you are. But this is something you need to concentrate, remind yourself, and also know, you have to know it, that I am a reflection, I'm the image of God. You are created in the image of the Almighty God. Well, does God have the same nose like I do? Probably. But more than your physical appearance, you are a spirit living in a body. Do you agree? I am a spirit living in this body. And that's who God is because the Bible says he is the father of the spirit. He is my father. When I got born again, I was not born of the blood and flesh. The Bible says I was born of what? The spirit of God. That's what it means to be born again. Amen? I was born of the spirit of God, the incorruptible seed of God. So I am a spirit man living in this body. This is my hand, but it's not me. It's your head, but it's not you. Amen? This is my head. It is not Henry. Henry lives inside this body. So I am a spirit man. And if I know my image, if I know my identity, if I know how I am, then I'm going to start demonstrating my father. I'm going to show him to the people, to the people who don't know him. God needs to be demonstrated because it's very difficult in our day to day where people are numb to our gospel or to our religion, I should say. They, are, they have had it for so many years. They have read the Bible. You know, we have a generation that know how to search scriptures. They know how to go on the internet and find anything. They can, they, they can outsmart you as far as the Bible is concerned. 
Amen? But God needs to be demonstrated. I'm here to shortly to let you know that our God is still a powerful God. The same God that is referred to, the one who got the children of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh, he is still the same God and he is your God. I'm constantly going to remind you of that, that your God is the God of Abraham. He's the God of Israel. He's a God who is powerful. But we cannot just talk about how powerful it is. We have to demonstrate it. But it's going to, it, it's going to bring someone to that part of desiring to demonstrate him. Amen? Because there are things that I'm really tired of. Personally, there are things that I, I, I really am so tired of. Like, I, I, I don't want to talk about the transcendence of God, uh, the, 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 the power of God, where God has been, the supernatural of God, without it being demonstrated. Amen? I said it can happen when the church knows its image, or our image, or our true identity. And uh, your identity is that spirit man. Because God wants, he wants you to know it, not just only know it, but he wants you to live it. He wants you to be able to commune with him. He wants you to be able to talk to him. And the only way a church can hear God is through the spirit. Even our worship, the Bible says in John chapter 4, I think 24, it talks about worshiping. These are the days of worshiping God in what? In spirit and in truth. Amen? All our actions are supposed to spring from our spirit, from our innermost person. But we care so much about the outward man and we do little on our spirit man. And I want to bring an encouragement and say that if we cultivate our spirit, the true person, the true who you are, your, your real person, if he's cultivated, if he is fed well, then you'll be able to demonstrate God. Because God does not talk to our flesh, he speaks to our spirit. Do you agree? He speaks to your inner person. Now, you know... I was in, before I came here, I, I was in a meeting of pastors in Uganda. And this pastor, actually, he admitted he to other pastors in a room. He said, I want you to pray for me. Because I'm in a state where I don't even know what else to preach. Because all my sermons are gone. He was real to himself. He says, I preached what I know how to preach it. And it does not really work so much. He says, I've looked for someone from everywhere and my congregation now has found me, like caught me, because they know what I, I'm speaking about. Basically, what he was saying that they know my sermons that I've pulled, pulled it from TV or from somebody else's sermon. And uh, he was shamed to himself. But then I was hearing his heart. He was like, I want something more, more than just what I had God do or what I read about. I want the God of now. And that was his admission to other pastors. And when I heard it, I was like, there are so many of us like that who are living on yesterday's word, yesterday's 
past where God was, and we all have testimonies of what God did, what, you know. But what about the God of now? Can he be God of now, right now, in my present need, in my present moment, you know? Can God come where we are? Amen? Thank you for yes, right? And uh, the secret is here. So when I had that, I was like, Lord, I'm like him. I want to have something fresh from you. I need something downloaded from heaven, right? And God was reminding me in, in Exodus how they fed. The Bible says every morning they were given manna, food from heaven. But there is a trick there. You, could, you were not allowed to keep your manna, your food, for tomorrow. The Bible says, what came for that day is what you had to consume. You and your family. You know what? That's what the Bible says, right? If you attempted to keep it for tomorrow, it turned what? Bad. It was spoiled and gets, uh, how do you call those? Worms? Maggots? Whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering how many of us I'm talking about to you as an individual, right? How many of us live on yesterday's food? Now, in Uganda, because, you know, of shortage of food and, uh, uh, and, and, and we don't have fridge, refrigerators, fridges, uh, we used to, they used to keep leftovers. I, I think that's the right word. Leftovers for, for the kids, you know. You, food was not always fresh. You don't have... Uh, refrigerator so they say okay the food for today we're gonna keep it and tomorrow when you go to get it it is bad so it will make our berry swell and you know we look so miserable we we used to look miserable because food was not kept very well and most of the sicknesses would come from that and i'm thinking about it that even in our day to day where we we have people who are not living in the now moment. They are not receiving a word of the moment for themselves, as you know, from God. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said, man shall not live with what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, the word proceed there is the same word used for the word. Uh, it means issuing. I think the aversion, that's a, by every word that issues from the mouth of God, right? The word that keeps coming. I'm thinking of something like that keeps flowing. So your inner man, your spiritual man, the person inside you, the only way he's going to stay strong is when he keeps on receiving a fresh word. A word of the day, a word of the moment. Now that brings us to this question. Does God still speak today? Yes, he does. Now he speaks to us as corporately, but does he speak to you as an individual? Here I am, I'm, I'm a spirit man. I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to demonstrate God. I'm supposed to be there strong, able to res- resist the devil, right? But if I'm weak inside me, if my inner person, if my spirit is weak, then any wind of anything will blow me away. So how do we stay strong? By receiving a word from the Lord every day. 
That's what we need. That's what you need as an individual. You must have a daily word. That's what keeps you strong. Because you cannot survive on food alone. How many of you ate yesterday? Like you ate on the 23rd. You ate on, uh, call it what, Thanksgiving? What about the day after Thanksgiving? Some of you ate again, right? You ate again? I can't believe it. Pastor Donald took me somewhere there. I mean, it was awesome. It was good food. Real good food. But I could not resist. I had to go twice. I said, I don't care what they think of this black man. I'm going to go twice. <laughs> and I ate. You see, Jesus knew very well that your inner man needs to be strong. That's why he said, pray in this manner. Give us today our daily bread. But you can easily think it is general meat, like food, physical food. He's talking about a fresh word from God. And you need it because you need it. You need it in order to face this tough world. I'm telling you this world is hard. It's full of disappointments, full of challenges. We challenge every now and then. The only way we're going to remain strong if we have a word, a strong word. And that's how we are going to be able to demonstrate God. Amen? We should ask ourselves questions like this question. Did the transcendence, so the supernatural, ended with the Moses generation or the book of Acts? The power of God, the move of God, did it end there? No. And what makes us a great church is because we put our God on display. He cannot just be a lips kind of God, the one we talk about without demonstrate, demonstrating him. Now I'm telling you, I've given an example of the Muslim people there. They are very tough. They need to see God in action. They need to know that he still heals. He heals broken hearts. Amen? He heals broken hearts. He also heals physically. They need to hear God, God's voice. In the church, if there is anything we are missing or we are losing, it's the voice of God. We need to seek God to hear his voice. More than anything, the church needs to hear the voice of God. Because that's the only way we are going to be led by the Spirit of God. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. Amen? We need to hear his voice constantly. We, do we have the sheep of God here? You a sheep? The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Because when you hear the voice of God. Now, the reason which is given to us, when the psalmist says we have heard what you did for those people, we have heard your mighty works. And then he gives the reason why all that happened. He says, because your countenance was, your light of countenance was with them. And he also gives another reason. And the reason is because you favored them. And I'm, I have some good message news to you today. That when you come in the, count, in the light of his countenance, that's where the favor of God is. Amen? 
the favor of God that will make you fight the devils and battles, it is found in the countenance of God. Amen? In the light of his countenance. When I talk about the light of his countenance, I mean come and be there in his presence. If you're going to desire anything, desire to be in his presence. You see, the Bible says also, favor is in the presence of the king. And who is the king of kings? Jesus. Would you say it to me? Who's the king of kings? Jesus. Can we yearn and desire to be in the presence of the king of kings? Can we desire that? Because if we stay there in the, light of his, in the light of his countenance, we're going to be favored. It's not going to be much of your money that will make you pay off your debt, make you go over those things. But it's going to be in the light of his countenance, right in his presence. Because there there is favor. Amen? You need to be in his presence. And I have a word for you that some of us, yes, we have moments of going before the Lord. But we don't wait for him. And the word this morning I had from the Lord was, tell them to wait longer before my presence. Can we wait a little bit longer in his presence? I know we are so busy and we are very time conscious. But can we give him more time? Because it's for our benefit. Amen? See, the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord, what happens to them? They renew their strength and they mount up with wings as eagles. You know, the Lord gave me revelation on that. That when I wait, I'll be like an eagle. Actually, most of the time before we wait, we use our strength just like the eagle fl- flaps the, the wings. You see, when you just start going in the presence of God, you're cultivating yourself. You're using your strength. You, you, you're pumping up yourself. That's a, uh, I think it's a Kentucky word, pumped. Eh? You call it, I'm pumped up. I, I didn't know it was in a dictionary. I had it in a Kentucky uh, uh, preachers usually say, Lord, I'm pumped up. I'm, hey, it's in Kentucky they use that word that when they are. See, when we come, we, we use our strengths, our strength, our energy. Um, it's okay. You know, you pray hard. You can even walk. You lift up your hands. You run here and there. But when your strength is all gone, all you have to do is Wait. But that's where we miss it. We don't wait before him. Guess what happens when you wait? When the ego waits, it times the wind. And when the wind comes, it carries him. And that's where we got the word sowing. Like so? Is it? To sow. Sow, right? And sowing in the spirit is when we don't use our effort. Like the wind comes and carries you into the heavenlies. Just like the ego will mount, will use the strength, and gets there. And waits, times the wind for the wind to come. And then the wind comes and sweeps him out, and he goes in the heavenlies. You see, God is calling us into the heavenly places. That's where we're made to reign from. That's where we're made to be. That's where we're supposed to be because the Bible says we are seated with Christ where? In heavenly places. Amen? 
that's where we reign from. That's where your victory is. The devil will be beneath you when you're in the heavenly places. That's where you're supposed to be. I'm here to tell somebody that wait a little bit longer in the presence of God. There you get favor. Of course, favor is something that we don't deserve or we're not supposed to work for. But I'm telling you, it is right in the presence of God. And the good news I have for you that it is possible. We can push in a little bit further and say, I'm going to wait for you, God. I want to hear what you have for my family. What do you have for the ministry you have called me to do? You, 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 cannot, you cannot stay in a routine of religion and, and win people or impact somebody. Amen? Your family needs something they have never heard from. I tell you, I'm at the point of desiring a word from the Lord every day. I say, Lord, thank you so much for what you said yesterday. But what do you have for me today? And I'm not forcing him to speak. My job, I found out my job is very simple. I don't force God to speak. All I have to do is to listen. Is to listen. I'm calling you into that place. I'm speaking to you, child of God, to that place. That's where you belong. You'll never be weak. Imagine how it will feel if you wake up and you know what you're supposed to do. You know where you're going to go. You know, most of the mistakes, 95% of your mistakes are as a result of not hearing from God. Because God is already speaking and we don't hear him right. Because we are so busy. Now, I'm not here to, to be hard on you. Uh, and I'm not, that's not my target. It's not my assignment. But I'm here to speak the heart of God to you. That he wants to commune with you. He wants you right in the light of his countenance. Where he's going to favor you. Where he's going to energize you. You go to work when you're energized. When you're strong. And you hear him so clearly. Some of you, you're hearing God. But you, you, you say something told me. something. I felt, in, I felt something. Some of you say... I have one heart. One heart tells me this. Uh, another heart tells me this. But it is God. We will be able to discern rightly. We will be able to know whom to trust, whom to invest in, where to put our money, where not to put our money, where to go. And not, you know, all that it is possible. I'm leaving that world, and I don't want to live outside that world. It is so awesome when you get there. When you start testing the beauty of God, the awesomeness of God, because I'm telling you, there have been moments in my life where I'm like, this is heaven on earth. When I wake up and he shows me where I'm supposed to go, who is going to come to me? It is scripture. It is in the Bible. The Bible says, he will show you things to come. That is in the Bible. John chapter 16. He says, when the spirit of God comes, he will reveal things. Don't fear what to say. He will give you what to say. I'm telling you. Why would trouble fall upon us or fall upon our nation? Where is the prophetic voice, by the way? Where is the voice? Because the church is supposed to be prophetic. Like we are the one who is supposed to listen on the behalf of our nation. Amen? 
On behalf of our community, on behalf of our family, we ought to be the one listening. But if there is any, anything we are dreading today, we are dreading the prophetic voice. We don't even want to talk about it because the moment you say prophet or prophet, you, you, it's like false. Doom. And the enemy wants to rob that away from us. I'll be shortly finishing. I should be. But I wanted to say, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says to desire prophecy. He's saying that if there is anything, if there is any gift in the Bible you should desire, desire prophecy. Prophecy is to bring God right there in our midst. It's to bring God closer to us, like we know where he is, what he says, what we should do. You understand? It is for every child of God. It's your inheritance. It is not for only those that stand here. It is for you. Amen? Even those who are leading music here. When you come here, come with a prophetic song. You can, I hear the word spontaneous, that, that spontaneous music, the, the one they, they usually do, where they go off the, the one they prepared and they just pour out whatever God has put in their heart. That's what makes us strong. Amen? I, I, I wanted to, to put an emphasis that we need the prophetic voice back in our lives. It is for you to desire for it. If we don't desire for it, we'll never see it. There's a scripture in Revelation 19, chapter 10. It talks about, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when I go to the Muslims, when I go to them, I don't know how to present myself to them. But the one I serve, because he knows them better, there are many times when he gives me a word of knowledge. He gives me a word to them. And it changes them, their lives. It will be so nice if you wake up with a new word and walk with that word. Amen? A new word from God will change your life. You need the voice of God so much in your lives. And it's possible. It is not very hard. It is your inheritance, child of God. It is for you to walk in it. It is for you because that's what the fresh bread is. Uh, the, the, the manna, the daily, the, the daily bread, amen? A daily bread. But the basics, the basics, basics of listening to the voice of God is through the scriptures. We know that. Amen? We read the word. But you know, the Bible says a letter kills, but the spirit does what? Gives life. Now, I want you from today onward, don't just read the Bible like you want to, to educate yourself. Read it with an openness that God can breathe over this word and becomes a rhema word. And once it's a rhema word, life will be strong. Life will be something else. You'll be radiant in his glory. You'll be a reflection of what he says. Amen. I, I'm, I'm finishing with this testimony. I have determined 
some time back, I determined in my life and I said, Lord, I will not just go anywhere and speak when you have not spoken. And I always desire that before I go in a territory, I hear what he has to say. Amen? It has changed my life. It has contributed something to my life. I've had trouble fall on my family. But I can say 95% of everything that has come, the Holy Spirit has been there to warn me and say, this is going to happen. What happened to the dreams and visions? Some of you get dreams. I'm not talking about dreams of eating cornbread and biscuits and gravy. That's also good. God can speak through those visions. But what happened to the dreams? What happened to the visions? Job 33, I think 14 says, God may speak once, sometimes twice, but we don't perceive what he says. He speaks through dreams and vision. Let us be open to all those things. You will go to your place of work and God will tell you, reach out to this person. Do something to this person. Always. But if we are not opening our ears. You see, the Bible says that let everyone who has an ear hear what? What the Spirit of God says. You see, when, I, when you just read it, you may ask yourself, is there anybody in this room without an ear? Uh, an ear? Do we have anyone here with, without an ear? Everyone has ear, right? But there is another ear that the Bible is talking about here. The ear of the Spirit. Lord, would you tune our hearing, I pray. Would you tune the way we are hearing, hearing for our community. I read something long time ago, a story that happened in New York. This story, it ended with a question. And I'll tell the story and end with that question. The story is told of a lady who went to New York. She said, I think where I am, there's no opportunity. So she sold whatever she had and went to the city of New York. And the story says when she got into New York, life was a little bit hard. She didn't have so much money. She's getting familiar with the city, the busy city. And while she's there in a the neighborhood, she got raped. When she was raped, uh, what happened is she ended up pregnant. And this pregnancy that uh, she didn't call for, and uh, the person ran away. Now, being godly as she was, she decided not to abort. And she said, I'll keep this child that I have no clue about who the father is, but I'm going to keep the child. And the difficulty of that, imagine the emotions that she was going through, that pain of that, and she carried the the baby in the womb for nine months. And the day of her delivery, she had basically lost every penny she had. Life was very tough in New York, so finally she goes, she goes to a hospital. When she goes to the hospital, they help her and, and she deliver her baby. And uh, she was left with only $10 to her account. That's the only money she had. And so she gets the baby and decides to go back in her, to go to her apartment. And uh, 
It was a cold day. That's the story says it was a very cold day. And here with the baby and uh, the, 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 the tax driver wanted more than what she was giving. Not only that, but he wanted also a tip. I didn't know that they tip tax, uh, tax drivers, but he wanted more. And there was argument there. Finally, to cut the story, she goes into apartment. In the apartment there, the only thing she had as a companion was a dog. And she said, oh, my dog, you've been here for four days. I had, I've been in the hospital. I didn't attend to you. You know, she remembers that she doesn't have milk to give to the baby because she's, she's, she, she wanted to breastfeeding, but still breastfeeding was not working. And she said, okay, with what uh, I'm remaining with, let me run to the store and buy some milk. So she places down the baby and runs away to go and buy the milk. And as she came back, to her surprise, she finds that the dog which was starved for four days ate the baby. And the baby was eaten up. And she's torn up and broken the heart. Like you can imagine what, you know, she's tore up. And the neighborhood didn't know what was going on. So she's like, fall down and like fainting. Finally, somebody finds out that um, they heard the baby cry and they are not hearing the baby crying. So they show up to find out why we had the baby cry here and, and they, they found out that story. They picked up and tried to, to nurse her. But what happened is the article, the one who writes the article in the newspaper uh, ends with the question and he says, how can so much evil go on in people's life without nobody know about it? Without no one knowing about it. And so I read that, it shook me, but I, I was like, that question, how can so much go in people's life, in our lives, without anybody else Knowing about it. You may think. Okay we can put the story of the lady aside. And think about our own lives. You know there's so much going on in our lives. In our people's life. But we, we cannot even discern it. So much evil. So much things happening in our lives. Without us discerning what is happening. How can so much go on without us noticing what is going on? It's because our ears are numbed or we are no longer listening. And I pray that God will wake us up. Because we are the watchmen. And we are the city. We are the salt of the earth. We are the one who prevents the evil from happening. I believe there is something a church can do. There is something we can do. Our ears, spiritual ears, can be so alert. And we will know and resist the enemy. Amen? I'm reminded. If you can come for music, I just want us to pray. Um, I'm reminded. There is a day in Uganda I was leading prayer. And this prayer group... 
it was dawning in the morning. We, we, we usually have what called prayer night, overnight prayers. In the morning, as I was going to dismiss the, the, the people, I say to the congregation, let us not just pray, uh, but let us also pray with listening. And if God shows you anything, you'll know that God is speaking to us. So when I told them that, immediately I saw to, to one of the sisters, I saw what happened like a spirit of death. I mean, something I saw, an entity, like a real entity, demonic entity. And in my spirit there, the Lord said to me, that is a spirit of death, rebuke it. So I told the people, let us rebuke the spirit of death. I did not say specifically that is on this sister, but I said, I sense the spirit of death, let us rebuke it. And we prayed. And I dismissed the people. About 10 minutes that sister, the one I saw that the spirit of death was coming on, she came back running to the church and she had blood all over her hand. And she says, they almost killed me. She says, they came all over me. There were gangers that came around her with a knife and they wanted to stab her. They wanted to kill her. But she says, I don't know where I got the strength and I grabbed the knife and I was able to push them over to the ditch. The Spirit of the Lord says, He will do so much if we are listening. Amen? We can resist. Not only resisting evil, but even good stuff happening. What about God saying to you, Son, do not sow to them. Do not, do, do not plant. Because it's not going to rain. What about God says, Don't put your money here. What about God says, put your money here because you're going to harvest. What about the prayer of inquiry? What happened to the prayer of inquiry? Where David goes before the Lord and says, Lord, should I go? And the Lord says, go. Second time he says, Lord, do you want me to go? He says, go this time, but I want you to go in this manner. He's able to say yes. He's also able to say no. He's also able to give you the strategy. You need a strategy. In your business, in your marriage, for somebody who is about to give up, he can tell you hang in there a little bit more. He might as well say no, quit, because that guy is about to kill you. Hallelujah. Would you stand up with me so we can connect to the heart of God right now? If there is an assignment I have is to pray that your spirit will be stirred up and your ears, your spiritual ears will be awakened. That there will be no a day that goes by without you receiving something from heaven. Now I'm calling you church to the light of his countenance because there, that's where you are that's where he protects you that's where favor is that's where your heart your broken heart is healed and don't fear he speaks to me now and says don't fear my child I'm not a dreadful God wow he says I'm not dreadful 
And he spe- speaks to me, if there is anything I hate, is when my children see me as an angry God. Wow. He speaks to me and he says, that's why I said to the talent, the one who has given one talent, and I said, take him outside, throw him in a darkness, the outer darkness, where there's nothing of tears and pain. Why? Because he perceived that I'm, I'm a hard man. He speaks to me that I'm not a hard man. He is not a hard God. He's not hard to you. Oh, He says, I am not a hard God. I am not hard. He shows mercy to thousands of those who love him. He is brought to anger, he says. He says, as heaven. Oh, Shalabas. As a dew of heaven that comes down to water the plant. So that's how I come down. And I steal your soul. I steal your soul, my child. He speaks to you that be still and know. He says, I watch over you. You are napo of my eye. You wonder if I care about the broken hearts? I do. Because I was broken. Shut up, Asika. He is a high priest who sympathizes with our weakness. And he says, I don't treat you according to your iniquities. I don't deal with you according to your sins. I don't deal with you according to your weaknesses. Because in your weakness, that's when I supply my strength. He says, my child, come and don't fear. Come and don't fear to step in. I created the ear because I can hear. I created the eyes because I see. He says, a sparrow does not fall. Would you reach out right now and stretch your hands and reach out, cultivate your spirit for a second. If you want to come to the altar right now, if you want to come before him, just come here and cultivate your spirit. I pray that your spirit will be awakened. Would you come before the Lord right now and cultivate your spirit that your ears will be open, that your eyes may see, that you discern rightful, that you discern right in the name of Jesus. And the Lord is still speaking to me, says, come my child. He says in the presence of God, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He says, come, because there is freedom. And what it means, actually, literally, it means there is no limitation. There is no confinement. You are not bound. In my presence, you are free. There is no confinement. You cannot be confined by disease. You cannot be confined by sicknesses. You cannot be confined by anything. In my presence, there is freedom. There is freedom. 
in my praises. In my praises, drug addiction is broken. In my praises, sicknesses are broken. Broken hearts are made whole. Would you reach out, church? Would you go ahead and just give us a song as people pour their hearts before the Lord?